So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, this is your time and this is your message. And everything else needs to fade away. We need your words and your spirit, Lord. As a speaker, I'm so dependent on your words. And, and your spirit to, to sow that into people. Because I'm just so finite. And so would you, would you make this time count for eternity? I pray, Lord, that we would be receptive. So receptive. And that we wouldn't allow distractions to take us away from what you're saying. We pray this all in your name. Lord, would you speak your word today. Amen. Okay, so, so today is the world's longest announcement. Greg talked about fasting, and, and I kind of set up fasting for, the, for us this year. That's been one of my passions. And so I want to prep us in, in this week of fasting coming up. Okay, and I want to take a story from the Bible, and I want to apply that. I believe it's a beautiful picture for what fasting can look like for us. And it was the heart behind what I was feeling we needed to do as a church. Like a Sunday morning, the most important thing is that God speaks in our life. That's it. Right? Okay, so, so when we're in His Word, when we're worshiping, when we're praying, when we're serving, when we're in community... The ultimate goal is that God would speak to us. And that we would feel like we can speak to him. And not simply that we make words or noise, but that he hears us. That's the point. That's the point of Christian life. Meeting with the Lord, having a close relationship. And I want to go to this story in 2 Kings. To look at that. It's 2 Kings 19. It's about a man named Hezekiah. He was one of the rare good kings in Judah. There was not a long list of good kings. Of godly kings. This is what it says. About Hezekiah. So we're going to be in 2 Kings 19. Uh, if you want to just go there. We'll be in a couple other places. But if you're here. This is what they say about Hezekiah. He trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that there was none like him among all the kings of Judah after him, nor among those who were before him. It's high praise. For he held fast to the Lord. Imagine if that was part of our eulogy. So and so struggled in this, he struggled in that, but he felt he held fast to the Lord. That's a happy ending for us. He held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept the commandments that the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him. Wherever he went out, he prospered. So here is this guy, and, and Rob said this umpteen years ago. Uh, the plan with the kingdoms in Israel and in Judah were, if the kings were godly, the people flourished. If the kings were not, they definitely did not. It went very, very badly. And, and the subjects were completely at the mercy of whether their kings wanted to seek after God or not. 
And fortunately, very fortunately, if you read the story of Second Kings, Hezekiah was willing to be a godly king. And so I want to look at this, this point in time in Hezekiah's life. Because here's what happened. Let me read the passage for you. And, and then I want to explain a little bit of the context. So it's up here as well. 2 Kings 19. I'm going to read all the way to 19. I couldn't fit 19 on there. So you're going to have to read it from your pages. Or you're going to have to listen. 2 Kings 19.14. Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. Hezekiah got a threatening letter from the Assyrians saying, look, we've got to take care of some stuff, but we want you to remember we're coming, we're coming for your city. Just remember, we were camped right outside your city, and, and we've we got to go deal with some stuff because there's another attack coming. But when we come back, you're going to be toast. Okay, the Assyrians were a major military power, power and they were looking to conquer all of Jerusalem, Judea, and take those places for themselves. Um, so Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord, the temple, and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth Incline your ear, hear my prayer, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see and hear the words of Sennacherib, who was the king of Assyria, which he has sent to mock the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone, Therefore, they were destroyed. So now, O Lord, our God, save us, please, from his hand, that all of the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. This is such a significant prayer because it's the opposite of what the kings have always done. The kings aren't that much different from us. So here's the scenario if you didn't get it from the verses, the Assyrians came, said, we're coming to get your city. Hezekiah first tried to pay them off. It didn't work. They came and mocked the city, setting up a siege. Now, a siege is where you kind of camp out in front of the city and you starve them out. It's, it's, it's a very ruthless thing to do, but that was what you did back then. And so they had already camped out by the city. And they're saying, okay, we're here and we're not leaving until we're inside and you're outside or somewhere else. All right? And they got, they got called away, but they sent this letter saying, we haven't forgotten about you. Generally, Jerusalem was finished at this. So here's Hezekiah. All he has is his clinging to the need for God. He's clinging to this need for God. This is not different from us, and this is definitely not different from fasting. Okay, let me, let me show you 
how you connect Hezekiah and fasting. Because we're getting into that this week. I don't know if everybody's decided what they're giving up. Or if they're going to fast at all. I would invite you to consider if you haven't. And I want to give you maybe a little bit of explanation about how you decide what you give up as well. But here's the situation. See, life, life wants to threaten us all the time. Life is one big threat. Raise your hand if you don't feel like you have a threat in your life right now. I don't see any hands. Raise your hand if you don't have a couple of threats. You don't have a couple of threats? See, that's how sure of it, uh, right? We have threats all around us. Some of them perceived. Some of them actual. But here's what Hezekiah does. And here's why it's so significant. The kings were famous for going to everywhere but God when they had a problem. Everywhere. And, and does that not resemble... Some of us, it, it definitely resembles me. When we have a problem or a crisis, the one place that's always hardest to go is to surrender that and give it to the Lord. We want to go everywhere else. Okay, let, let me give you guys a little bit of a uh, demonstration here, okay? So I'm going to bend down here. And here's Hezekiah, okay? This is fasting. This is Hezekiah. Hezekiah decides, I cannot win this. And we have these issues in our life where we have to, we have to come to the place where we say, I cannot defeat this thing. So we have a decision to make. And Hezekiah had a decision. Do I go to the Egyptians? They've helped us in the past. God really didn't like that. God didn't bless that. But God's people were, they were famous for going to all these other sources. I'm going to pay someone. I'm going to make an arrangement with another army. I'm going to do anything but rely on God. This is the reason why God didn't want kings in the first place. I'm really short and now I'm kneeling. Am I, am I going to be okay here? It's going to be okay. So here's us. Here's Hezekiah. And the ideal place for the Christian life is to be on your knees. In a constant act of surrender. I can't deal with my problems. I hardly know what they are. And I definitely can't fix them. If, if that's not true for you, then, then you don't have to listen. It's definitely true for me. Because we want to do anything but give our stuff to the Lord. It's embarrassing. I feel out of control. I can't decide how it goes. I don't know what's going to happen. It's humiliating. I'm here on my knees. My knees hurt. It's inconvenient. We fast to help ourselves get into this place. Okay? Because because I have threats like everybody else. And they're heavy. Hezekiah had real threats. If God wasn't coming, they were, they were exiled for sure. Now, they got there anyway. But they were exiled for sure. 
which was worse than worse for God's people, to be taken out of their holy city and away from their temple. I have stuff like everybody else. And they're in here. You know, I want to give my request to God. I think I'm willing to get real in his presence. I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to be naked and unashamed. That's what living in God's presence is. It's stripping down, figuratively, of course, and allowing God to see us completely. All of our rights, all of our wrongs, all of our misgivings, and all of our weakness. That is the highest pinnacle of a Christian. It doesn't sound very inviting, I can tell. You're telling me to be on your knees, humiliated in front of the Lord, bearing all of your worst secrets and failures, is the highest pinnacle of the Christian life. Yes. And life starts from right here. Right here. And as we surrender to this, as we dig in and get those calluses, as we make our places in the floor, we're going to grow. We're going to root. But you never outgrow this spot here. You want to be a worship leader. You want to be a pastor. You want to be a missionary. You want to be a godly parent. Everything starts laid bare before the Lord. Everything. You young adults aren't sure what to do with your life. Just, just do this. Just do this. And repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. Sounds fun. Right? But this is the way forward. This is the way forward and you never grow out of it. So I have a bag of threats. And, and I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to, to lay these bare, to allow them to get light. For allow God to see all these things. But I got this sport love. I love sports. It actually should be a football. Right? But it, I couldn't find a football. So just work with me. Right? I got this love of sports here. And, 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 but, but this isn't going to help me. It can distract me. You know what? I can actually put this aside for a bit. And I can get, a, I can get the glove on. Right? And I can ask somebody else to find a glove. And we can find a ball. And we can have a grand old time. But it's not going to do anything with this. It's not going to help. That's all going to be there when I have to come back. Right? Okay. So I'm going to lay that down. Maybe I'll lay something like that, dur- that down during prayer and fasting. I don't know. Right? Oh, oh, oh this, is, this one is deeply rooted. I'm not very strong. This is eight pounds. All right? Okay? This is deeply rooted. I could totally exist on this thing. Right? My biceps are fine. Tendons are good. Right? <laughs> Only a couple of people laughed. It was probably Harry. <laughs> Right? Totally good now. Life makes sense again. But I I didn't do anything with this. 
And I even did this in God's presence. And yet I'm still not getting any better. Right? So we're going to lay that aside as well. Man. Oh. Screens. Wow. Uh Uh-oh. You know what? I don't even need, I don't even need these threats. I'm good. I'm good. I don't even need to keep talking. Right? I need to keep going. Is anybody finding themselves in this story thus far? Okay. I could become fully engrossed in my work. This is a great book, by the way. Like, pictures and everything. Wow. Okay, I I can better myself. I I don't need to worry about this stuff. I can better myself. I I can become world's best employee. I can can rival the bearded butchers on YouTube. (laughs) Show them. But everything still remains. I can even play games. This is a Wii, everybody. (laughs) It's like, that's a weird phone you're holding. What is that? But ultimately, if I'm not here, if I'm not bearing the stuff that I cannot defeat, if I'm not bringing these things toward the Lord... I'm just spinning my wheels. This is the problem with addiction, everybody. Is is you do this, hoping that this will go away. And this only mounts and mounts and mounts. Rejected, alone, too quiet, lone wolf. No one knows, no one cares. Well, I gotta let God see that one. He knows what to do with that. Even if it's hard, he knows what to do with that. Lawyers, irreconcilable differences. Wow, not a lawyer. Custody battles. Tears. He knows he can do something with that. He can do something with disability and sickness. Feeling useless. God knows what to do with this stuff. But he needs to see them. He needs to see these things. This is where healing happens. For Hezekiah to find himself here was so against everything that people would have done. And God worked so powerfully on his behalf. He worked so powerfully. This is another picture for fasting. It says this right in the garden. Verse 2. Uh, chapter 2, verse 25. The man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. Okay, totally at peace. With, with, with bearing themselves. This is what it says once they've sinned. Chapter 3, verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. That's the thing that we're always trying to get back to. The garden, hearing God moving in the cool of the day. He's coming to meet with you. He's coming for you to experience him. But are are we there? 
Are, are, we, are, we, are we burying ourselves or are we hiding? Sin made people hide. Sin made people ashamed. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. That's crazy. Like, that's crazy. They're in paradise with no restrictions to God. And through their sin, they've decided, my better option is to hide from God. Forget everything else. When we take the distractions of the way, when we allow ourselves to be weak in God's presence, we're fighting to get back there. We're saying, I'm not going to hide. I want God to see me. I'm not going to cower. I'm going to trust that he'll receive me. That's what fasting is. It's posturing ourselves to come back to the garden. To be ministered to by a God that wants to greet us. He wants to meet us in our, in our sickness, in our mess, in our trouble, in the parts of our life that it's just so unhealthy. And that's where healing happens. That's where salvation came to Hezekiah and all of the, all of the Judean people. The angel came and killed 185,000 people. That was God's response. Okay, thank you, Hezekiah, for bearing this stuff before me. The threats, the, the real threats. Thank you for bearing that before me. Now allow me to do what I do. And God's response was to send one angel and to dispatch 185,000 troops during the night. So much so that that they, they ran away. And the king actually got killed by his sons when he got back home. Which is a brutal, brutal housewarming. Right? But God knows how to deal with these things. Our job is to, is to let him have them. That's why we fast. We say, I'm going to be done with this stuff. This stuff doesn't help. It doesn't help. If you're not sure what to fast from this week, it doesn't. Here's how you need to make that decision between you and the Lord. God, what is hurting me from bearing the things that I really need you to be God about in my life? What is getting in the way of that? What is causing me to be satisfied here and not here where you can actually work? That's how we need to make a decision of fasting. God knows, and you probably know, the thing that hurts your ability to be hurting and broken in his presence. What's the sugar pill that we take. That wants to tempt us to think that we're okay. 
That's the thing that I would suggest that you fast from this week. Yeah, it's supposed to hurt. It's supposed to be hard. I get that. But the object is to enter God's presence freely and openly. Saying, this is who I am. These are my stains. These are my helplessness. I just need you to be God. The prayer is simple. This week is planned simple. Come to the church and for an hour, devote yourself to letting God be God. And perhaps consider giving up the things that are going to get in the way. There's a level of brokenness that fasting can bring. And the brokenness is meant to remind us that we are a needy people. And, and being on our knees like this, it's actually not that hard to be on your knees for a while. Being on our knees like this is the, the best place for us to be. Worked for Hezekiah, and, it, and it's going to work for us. Because this is what God wants for us. This is what Psalm 139 says. You feel like you're in shape until you kneel down and stand up again. Hit the eight pounders again. Right? Many kings didn't realize this. Saul was a perfect example of not understanding that his place in being a godly king was surrendering to the Lord. And so many of us realize this way, way, way too late. It's not what we bring to the table, it's what God is already doing in the world. But we need to posture ourselves in that place. Saul, Saul wasn't able to do that. He had a couple of different occasions. God said, you've got to wipe up this whole people. You've got to wipe them all out. And Saul thought, that's good. But I have a few suggestions as well. And he kept some of the things back, totally disobeying God's word. And God said, that, that, we're going to have a problem here with you as king if you can't just do what I say. You know, a second time, um, the prophet said, okay, before you go, wait for me, and then I'm, we're going to do a sacrifice, and then you can go and destroy these people. And Saul saw everybody getting restless, all of his people, because Samuel wasn't showing up. He wasn't showing up. Now, it was the seventh day, and he decided, everyone's getting antsy. All my people are wanting to leave, so I'm going to just give the sacrifice. Of course, when does the prophet show up? Once he starts doing the sacrifice. And it was those things, his inability to stay in that pocket of just allowing God to rule in his life that totally changed the outcome. David, in all of his faults, he knew that place of need well. David, one of the most celebrated kings who ever ruled, was very comfortable being in need with his stuff in the presence of the Lord. Open the Psalms. They're, they're, they all come out of that place. 
It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter who we've been. And it doesn't matter what we're struggling with. God made you to operate here. This is the starting place. And he made you. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't say it's not going to help. It's not for me. I'm too far gone. I'm too stained. This is where God made you to dwell. The words of David in Psalm 139. Who knew this place so well. O Lord you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. Does this sound like a relationship between a man and a God where they're trying to, you know, have some healthy boundaries? You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. God already knows what you're trying to keep from him. So it's not working. Right? He, he's already read your worst diary entries. It's not working. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is High, I cannot attain it. David's response and our response should be gratitude. This sense of belonging. This sense of intimacy. God already knows everything we're trying to keep. And he welcomes us to come. For our sakes. God's already God he can't get any higher. And he's not looking for promotion if you finally give up the ghost of your past. Right? That's not another notch where he can say, okay, now I've attained utmost of the universe. God's not waiting for his benefit. It's completely out of love for you. He's already at the top of his game. But he wants us to come for our benefit. You know, until we get right with God in this place, everything else is going to suffer. Your relationships will suffer. Your work is going to suffer. Your thought patterns are going to suffer. Because this is where we start. We start laid bare before the Lord. We start open in his presence. Expecting him to move. Not knowing how he's going to do it. But expecting he's going to move. And we do this alone. We start here. But we also have to go to his words. Like, he, like Hezekiah brought him his. This is the truth of God. That overrides. Every single possible thing that you could be holding. Hoping he's not looking at. And definitely wanting to keep from somebody else. This overrides everything. Every thought pattern. Every word. Every curse. Every hindrance and every stronghold. It overrides it all. And with this truth and through his presence. Through his spirit. 
He can make those things into reality in your life. Let me read this and, and ask you guys to just have a conversation with God whether you want to go and do this. This is what we want to do this coming week. Monday to Thursday. Sunday we're going we're gonna to do it with a big worship service. It's just an hour. But I would invite us. Let's, let's stand. And we're going to have the team work amongst all of my... I don't know how that's all going to work, but if the team could cut up, let, let's stand. And I want to invite us These are the most dangerous prayers. I want to give us a dangerous prayer. When we do open-ended prayers, we're saying, "God, I want you to answer however you want." And I understand that sorry, Lisa. In your answering, I'm giving up control over how this is going to look. These are dangerous prayers, but these are the very best. Because we want God to move not how we want him to, but how he plans and and wants it for our life. So I want to read this once over us, and then I'm I'm going to read it again. I want to invite you to pray this with me, if you would. I'm just going to read it over you right now. This is verse 23 and 24, Psalm 139, if you want to go back to it. But this is our prayer for fasting, 2023. Search me, O God, and know my heart. It's dangerous. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Dangerous. I'm going to read it again. And I... If you want to make this your own, then then before the Lord you make this your own. Understanding, he answers our prayers. Understanding, he answers our prayers. Jesus, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Jesus, would you move in our life this week? Would you break down boundaries and strongholds in Jesus' name? Would you set people free? Would you show the love that you have for your congregation? Deep in our hearts, a love that is known, not simply known about. A son and a daughterhood that is known and not simply known about. And would we be willing to surrender the mountains in our life for you to crumble in your ways and in your time? But we want to give you ourselves. God, we thank you for your very active, very moving spirit in our midst. We are blessed at Calvary Church. You are so generous. Would you meet with us this coming week for your glory, for your purposes. Amen.